Hello, Hopeful. I'm Roger Corville, and this is For the Hope's Daily Audio Bible. Here, we read through the scriptures conversationally, talk about the truth claims of Christianity, and learn to fall more in love with Jesus and the people in His world. Welcome. Have you ever been betrayed by someone that's really, really, really close to you? Now, I want you to think, what felt worse? That or when you were the one who betrayed someone close to you? Now, I say this as an insider, betrayed at the deepest level and yet also learning that it's worse to be the one doing the betraying. My friends, that I think is what lamenting sin should be like. Like we just fully realized what it means that we destroyed something innocent. And if there is a theme for today, it's that God builds his kingdom on the tears of broken men and women who have hurt the innocent one, Jesus the Christ. And I hope that is a message of hope, actually. <laughs> Welcome back to today's little chunk of our journey through the Bible in a year and reading through every word of God's self-revelation and considering our own life and self selves in, in that if we continue, my friends, uh, with this theme of thinking about leadership lessons in our Old Testament reading in First and Second Samuel, today and the next couple days are going to be tough going. We're going to hear about the situation of a leader, David, being in a sticky situation and getting kind of wobbly when it could jeopardize his opportunity to become king of Israel, meaning wobbly in terms of morally. But before we get there, turn to our New Testament segment. Recall that Jesus and the dudes uh, are in the upper room, right? They've just celebrated the Passover and what we might call the first Lord's Supper, right? And I'm sure it was kind of weird in a way, but this was a celebration of when God led the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt over against Jesus also at that same time saying that somebody in the inner circle would betray him. Mark chapter 14, picking up in verse 27 on to the end. Then Jesus said to them, all of you will fall away because it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you to Galilee. Peter told him, even if everyone falls away, I won't. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to him, today, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But Peter kept insisting, if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And, and they all said the same thing. Then they came to a place called named Gethsemane. And he told his disciples, sit here while I pray. And he took Peter, James, and John with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. And he said to them, I am deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and remain awake. He went a little farther, fell to the ground, and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, 
but what you will. And then he came and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Couldn't you stay awake one hour? Stay awake and pray so that you won't enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but, but the flesh is weak. And once again, he went away and prayed, saying the same thing. And again, he came and found them sleeping because they couldn't keep their eyes open. And they didn't know what to say to him. And then he came a third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough. The time has come. See, the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up. Let's go. See, my betrayer is near. While he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, suddenly arrived, and with him was a mob with swords and clubs, and they came from the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders. His betrayer had given them a signal. He said, The one I kiss, he's the one. Arrest him and take him away under guard. So when he came, immediately he went up to Jesus and said, Rabbi, and kissed him. And they took hold of him and arrested him, meaning Jesus. And one of those who stood by drew his sword, struck the high priest's servant, and cut off his ear. And Jesus said to them, Have you come out with swords and clubs as if I were a criminal to capture me? Every day I was among you, teaching in this temple, and you didn't arrest me. But... The scriptures must be fulfilled. And then they all deserted him and ran away. Now a certain young man, wearing nothing but a linen cloth, was following him, and they caught hold of him, but he left the linen cloth behind and ran away naked. Now they led Jesus away to the high priest, and all the chief priests, the elders and scribes, assembled, and Peter followed them at a distance right into the high priest's courtyard. He was sitting with the servants, warming himself by the fire. The chief priests and the whole Sanhedrin were looking for testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they couldn't find any. For many were giving false testimony against him, and the testimonies didn't agree. Some stood up and gave false testimony against him, stating, We heard him say, I'll destroy the temple made with human hands, and and in three days I'll build another not made by hands. Yet their testimony didn't agree even on this. And then the high priest stood up before them all and questioned Jesus. Don't you have an answer to what these men are testifying against you? But Jesus kept silent and didn't answer. Again, the high priest questioned him, Are you the Messiah, the Son of the Blessed One? I am, said Jesus, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest tore his robes and said, Why do we still need witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. Then some began to spit on him to blindfold him and to beat him, saying, Prophesy! And the temple servants also took him and slapped him. Now while Peter was in the courtyard below, 
one of the high priest's maidservants came, and when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked at him and said, You also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. But Peter denied it. He said, I don't know or understand what you're talking about. Then he went to the entryway, and a rooster crowed. When the maidservant saw him again, she began to tell those standing nearby, "This, This man is one of them. But again he denied it. After a little while, those standing there said to Peter, You certainly are one of them, since you're also a Galilean. And then he started to curse and swear, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately, a rooster crowed a second time, and Peter remembered when Jesus had spoken the word to him, saying, Before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. And Peter broke down and wept. That one gets me, because that's been me. Friends, if there is a message of hope in there, that the story doesn't stop there, and that we know that God builds his kingdom on the tears of broken men and women who have hurt, hurt the innocent one, the innocent one. Turning back to our Old Testament segment, um, yesterday we finished up the book of First Samuel, and you might recall that in the original Hebrew, it's just Samuel. It's not First and Second Samuel. Probably got split, being put on a scroll or something at some point in time. Um, I'm just going to pick up in Second Samuel one after the death of Saul. David returned from defeating the Amalekites and stayed at Ziklag two days. On the third day, a man with torn clothes and dust on his head came from Saul's camp. When he came to David, he fell on the ground and paid homage, and David asked him, Where have you come from? He replied to him, I've escaped from the Israelite camp. What was the outcome? Tell me, David asked him. The troops fled from battle, he answered. Many of the troops have fallen and are dead. Also, Saul and his son Jonathan are dead. David asked the young man who had brought him the report, How do you know Saul and his son Jonathan are dead? I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, he replied, and there was Saul leaning on his spear. At that very moment, the chariots and the cavalry were closing in on him, and he turned around and saw me, and he called out to me. So I answered, I'm at your service. And he asked me, Who are you? And I told him, I'm an Amalekite. And then he begged me, Stand over me and kill me, for I am mortally wounded, and but my life still lingers. So I stood over him and killed him, because I knew that after he had fallen, he couldn't survive. I took the crown that was on his head and, and the armband that was on his arm, and I've brought them here to my Lord. And then David took hold of his clothes and tore them, and all the men with him did the same. They mourned, wept, and fasted until evening for those who died by the sword, for Saul, his son Jonathan, the Lord's people, and the house of Israel. David inquired of the young man who had brought him the report, Where are you from? I'm the son of a resident alien, he said. I am an Amalekite. David questioned him. How is it that you were not afraid to lift your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed? 
And then David summoned one of his servants and said, Come here and kill him. And the servant struck him, and he died. For David had said to the Amalekite, Your blood is on your own head, because your own mouth testified against you by saying, I killed the Lord's anointed. And David sang the following lament for Saul and his son Jonathan, and he ordered that the Judahites be taught the song of the bow. It is written in the book of Jasher. Here it is. The splendor of all Israel lies slain on your heights. How the mighty have fallen. Don't tell it in Gath. Don't announce it in the marketplaces of Ashkelon or the daughters of the Philistines will rejoice and the daughters of the uncircumcised will celebrate. Mountains of Gilboa, let no dew or rain be on you or fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty was defiled, the shield of Saul, no longer anointed with oil. Jonathan's bow never retreated. Saul's sword never returned unstained from the blood of the slain, from the flesh of the mighty. Saul and Jonathan, loved and delightful, they were not parted in life or in death. They were swifter than eagles, stronger than lions, and daughters of Israel weep for Saul, who clothed you in scarlet with luxurious things, who decked your garments with gold ornaments. How the mighty have fallen in battle, in the thick of battle. Jonathan lies slain on your heights. I grieve for you, Jonathan, my brother. You were such a friend to me. Your love for me was more wondrous than the love of women. How the mighty have fallen, and the weapons of war have perished. Sometime later, David inquired of the Lord, Should I go to one of the towns of Judah? And the Lord answered him, Go. And then David asked, Where should I go? The Lord replied, To Hebron. So David went there with his two wives, Ahinoam the Jezreelite and Abigail the widow of Nabal the Carmelite. In addition, David brought the men who were with him, each one with his family, and they settled in the towns near Hebron. Then the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over house of Judah. They told David, It was the men of Jabesh-Gilead who buried Saul. So David sent messengers to the men of Jabesh-Gilead and said to them, the Lord bless you because you have shown this kindness to Saul your Lord when you buried him. Now, may the Lord show kindness and faithfulness to you, and I also will show the same kindness to you because you have done this deed. Therefore be strong and valiant, for though Saul your Lord is dead, the house of Judah has anointed me king over them. Abner son of Ner, commander of Saul's army, took Saul's son Ishbosheth and moved him to Mahanaim, and he made him king over Gilead, Asher, Jezreel, Ephraim, and Benjamin, over all Israel. And Saul's son Ishbosheth was forty years old when he became king over Israel, and he reigned two years. The house of Judah, however, followed David. The length of that time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. Now, 
Abner son of Ner and the soldiers of Ishbosheth son of Saul marched out from Mahanaim to Gibeon. So Joab son of Zeruiah and David's soldiers marched out and met them by the pool of Gibeon. The two groups took up positions on opposite sides of the pool. Then Abner said to Joab, Let's have the young men get up and compete in front of us. And Joab replied, Let them get up. So they got up and were counted off, twelve for Benjamin and Ishbosheth son of Saul, twelve from David's soldiers. And then each man grabbed his opponent by the head and thrust his sword into the opponent's side so that they all died together. So this place, which is in Gibeon, is named Field of Blades. The battle that day was extremely fierce, and Abner and the men of Israel were defeated by David's soldiers. The three sons of Zeruiah were there, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. And Asahel was a fast runner, like one of the wild gazelles. He chased Abner and did not turn to the right or left in his pursuit of him. Abner glanced back and said, Is that you, Asahel? Yes, it is, Asahel replied. Abner said to him, Turn to your right or left, seize one of the young soldiers, and take whatever you can get from him. But Asahel would not stop chasing him. Once again, Abner warned Asahel, Stop chasing me. Why should I strike you to the ground? How could I ever look your brother Joab in the face? But Asahel refused to turn away, so, so Abner hit him in the stomach with the butt of his spear, and the spear went through his body, and he fell and died right there. As they all came to the place where Asahel had fallen and died, they stopped. But Joab and Abishai pursued Abner. By sunset they had gone as far as the hill of Amma, which is opposite Gia on the way to the wilderness of Gibeon. And the Benjamites rallied to Abner. They formed a unit and took their stand on top of a hill. And then Abner called out to Joab, Must the sword devour forever? Don't you realize this will only end in bitterness? How long before you tell the troops to stop pursuing their brothers? Joab replied, As God lives, if you had not spoken up, the troops wouldn't have stopped pursuing their brothers until morning. And then Joab blew the trumpet, and all the troops stopped. They no longer pursued Israel or continued the fight. So Abner and his men marched through the Arabah all that night, and they crossed the Jordan, marched all morning, and arrived at Mahanaim. And when Joab had turned back from pursuing Abner, he gathered all the troops. In addition to Asahel, 19 of David's soldiers were missing, but they had killed 360 of the Benjamites and Abner's men. Afterward, they carried Asahel to his father's tomb in Bethlehem and buried him. And then Joab and his men marched all night and reached Hebron at dawn. And that gets us up through the first two chapters of 2 Samuel. My friends, God builds his kingdom on the tears of broken men and women who have hurt the innocent one. That's our theme today. I think it was kind of, I don't know. I was kind of struck by the this line. This is in 2 Samuel 2. Then Abner called out to Joab, Must the sword devour forever? My friends, why does the sword do I devour, keep devouring? It's because this side of heaven, there's still sin in the world. 
Our wisdom segment today is Psalm 96. It is a hymn. Um, And interestingly, this is the missionary song of the Bible. Maybe this will be a little more uplifting than today's readings. Psalm 96. Sing a new song to the Lord. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Proclaim his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his wondrous works among all peoples. For the Lord is great and highly praised. He is feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, you families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Bring an offering and enter his courts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Let the whole earth tremble before him. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. The world is firmly established. It cannot be shaken. He judges the peoples fairly. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and all that fills it resound. Let the fields and everything in them celebrate. Then all the trees of the forest will shout for joy before the Lord, for he is coming. For he is coming to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with his faithfulness. Psalm 96. If your heart cries for justice, my friends, we can trust that God will set all things right. And we should be rather thankful that grace for the tears of broken men and women, that grace is amazing. I love you. Amen. Amen.